Welcome to the Degree of Experience podcast, episode 18. I'm your host, Chris Bargeron, and I lost to Turnitus, and I'm so sad. And I am still Sir Puck, excited for number 18 here. We got the the, the Kirk Maltby episode, uh, famed Grindline member of the Detroit Red Wings, Stanley Cup championship teams of the uh, the 90s, and featured cover athlete of the June 2nd, 1997 Sports Illustrated issue. Go check it out, kids. All that went, like, right over my head. Yeah, no. I'm just <laughs> taking advantage of these episode numbers while I can. You know, they're they're pertinent to some of my uh, my Red Wings boys. So, you know, uh, we're, you we're streaking through the teens, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got pants on. I don't want to say we're streaking through it, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I mean, wait, you're not. I am. One of the yeah. That's one of the awesome things about being a podcaster. No one can see you. Don't tube in it, man. Don't tube in it. <laughs> that's why I will never do video. Uh, welcome everyone to Degree of Experience, a podcast where we reevaluate our past in order to redefine our present and future. Um, or a personal stories podcast um, where we share our experiences with, um, like in my case, I have a lot of uh, experiences that I that I had a lot of shame around uh, with drug addiction, um, and over time uh, I've come to mostly in sobriety I've come to a place of acceptance and gratitude because if it hadn't been for those experiences uh, I wouldn't be the man I am today and I'm. I'm quite happy with my life today. So when I kind of turned that corner, um, the idea came to kind of start sharing that that path of really coming to accept because I know there's a lot of people that have had similar experiences and it's it's tough to get over all that, man, what if or, you know, I should have. And I don't know, for me, it's refreshing to hear tales of how, you know, our, our past can lead to better things and we don't even realize now we it. don't have to do any kind of uh, disclaimer anymore so that's really exciting you know because before we had to say we weren't doctors don't take our advice and all that kind of stuff but now it's like categorized as personal stories so haha yeah exactly we can we can say whatever the hell we want it's great part of why yeah. i did it or we did this right um so yeah but just in case, I'm going to do a disclaimer just to be funny. We're not trained professionals. We're not. <laughs> we're not mental health professionals because yeah, we used to be categorized as I, a mental. I'm health a trained podcast. professional, dude. Don't don't don't. You speak for you, buddy. Yeah, I have no training. I have. Uh, that's not true. I'm certified. I'm double certified. Yeah, man. See, like words matter. Pay attention to what you're saying, buddy. What? Jeez, trying to say we're not trained. We're trained in all kinds of things. That's true. We got quite quite a lot of experience, and so you you trained in in turning them knobs. God knows that. That's right, and you're trained in pushing my buttons. So what a great <laughs> pair we are. So, and for today's episode, um, we're doing something. Yeah, it's an easy one. It's an easy yeah. one. Well, because for a long time, right, we've been sort of a mental health podcast. Um, so it's cool, I think, to do something a little different finally because for the longest time I was trying to pick topics that were mental health relevant 
But, you know, not everything has to be so serious, bro. Why so serious? So, and video games have been coming up for us a lot recently, and even on the podcast. So, yeah, it's time for us to tell some tales about our history with video games because um, not to be, not to age ourselves, but we we have a, a good historical perspective on it since we've grown up with them. So... Yeah, not since the very, very beginning of them, um, but I would say since they they were revitalized and popular and kind of became mainstream for sure. Well, I mean, I guess the technical on how early you consider. I mean, so what's your what's your earliest video game memory? I mean, I know there were like Ataris around and we played Nintendo, but like the the earliest concrete memory I have, and I can't remember if I've told this on the podcast or not but um when i was young it, it had to be like like 80 i don't i don't remember when the nes came out but it was like probably like 89 something like that like or, or late like 80s somewhere in there um my mom ended up getting me an nes for christmas but the story goes i got i was ill one night like a couple weeks before christmas and went to go find my mom. She was in her room and there was a light on in the living room, which ended up being the TV. And she's sitting there playing the Nintendo she's going to give me for Christmas, uh, playing Mario. So um, I've, you know, she, she played with me growing up. She always liked the, she was always the collect it all type thing, like get all the coins and all that kind of shit. Um, which now I kind of have turned into when I replay some of these, but like Donkey Kong Country, that was one of her favorites. She didn't really get into the 3D, but of course I loved all that stuff, you know. Um, so that's my earliest memory. And then she also got a DOS-based computer early on in my life. So before probably uh, like 19, it was whenever Doom came out. Um so she would write the boot discs uh, for DOS for the game. So boot up all the right assets, all that kind of stuff, sound card drivers, all that fun stuff. So I've been around it pretty early. It's amazing I didn't get into IT. I think it's probably like has to do with not going to school and you really have to have those certificates and stuff. I mean, I know I could probably jump into <laughs> some some level of IT support uh, just because I know how to look things up and can connect dots and all that kind of stuff. But uh haven't really gone down that path before, but it's always been stuff I've interested in. And I would attribute it to being exposed to video games at an early age. Um, they were a lot more basic back then for sure. And we've definitely seen the evolution of it, which has been exciting. I think if you look at it from a child perspective, um, so what's the first uh what's the first video game memory you have uh Mr. Chris? So my earliest memories goes back to yeah, mid 80s. Uh really the we had an Atari 2600. And I remember like the kids around would have those too, you know, like old ones, right? Yeah. We had so I had like, you know, Pac-Man and Defender. I remember Defender. Defender was one of my favorites. Um, Which one's Mission that? Commander. Um, Defender was the game where... Um, oh, and if you can get to a 
retro arcade that has it too. It's so much freaking fun, the arcade cabinet. But basically, you're on a little ship, and it's a it's a side scrolling game. And so there's like you know a simple line on the ground for like mountains, and there's basically just alien ships, and there's people on the ground, and you're trying to take out aliens and pick up the people to like rescue them. And like each level is is sort of this length of a map of that and you can teleport or like hyperspace at different points. So if like you're getting overwhelmed, you can hyperspace to another part. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's classic. Um, a lot like, um, now I can't remember what it was called. It had similar physics, uh, asteroid. It had very similar physics like asteroids. You remember asteroids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just never played Defender. I'm looking at images of it. It's yeah. not one that I uh, played a bunch of. The cabinet looks familiar. Yeah, it was a cool game. And um, But my earliest memories, though, really is a Commodore um, computer, personal computer. My dad had a Commodore. Um, I know we had the 128. I'm not certain if he had a 64 before then, but the, mm-hmm. the, the Commodore 128, which was the successor to the popular Commodore 64, um, but mm-hmm. it, it did all the same. I mean, it had a 64 mode, which is what we used mostly, but mm-hmm. my dad used to, um, he went to school around that time for computer engineering. And so his hobby was all about, you know, code. So we had, he had tons of games on there and that was back when their, their discs were just becoming kind of a newer thing, but I kind of learned about, I mean, old school computers, it was just this simple it was just a simple sort of interface like DOS. And this is pre-DOS, though. Sure. And, you know, back then, you know, you would you could just, like, type in the code and put it in the memory, and then you got your, your program. And then uh, there used to be, I remember the original, before floppy disks, it was cassette tapes was the way that yeah. we had data. And, um, but the... The real twist, I think, for us was, or for me, was early on my dad wrote a program for us kids to make our own video games. And it was really simple, but basically it was a sprite editor. And we could, you know, you just had this simple grid and we could just put in the little color dots and make whatever sprite we wanted. And then it just went to a little thing where simply you could move the sprites around with the controller. And we would just make like a Batman sprite and a Superman sprite, you know, and just kind of move around the screen fighting each other. And um, we had so much fun with that. And, you know, so that and Atari was really my beginnings. And then, of course, when Nintendo came out, that I remember actually before, I remember the first time I saw Super Mario Brothers, there was a kid up the street. and And I remember when I saw that water level, that was just groundbreaking for me it's like wow what it you, it changed worlds it changed you know level types whoa you know and just the the change in the physics from the running and jumping to the swimming um and it was a little you while see, that was my base expectations yeah. <laughs> see i don't i never really i remember that being the first real exposure and that yeah. makes sense because it came out in uh in the US. So the video game industry crashed in 83 and then it released in 85 in yeah. the US. So that's when it like started to come back. Right. Well, um, in my household, it really never left because of my dad's interest. 
So we were sure we were a video game family. But yeah, but yeah, you're right. Like right, there was that you know the Atari kind of lost its its craze, and then Nintendo really brought it back. And I remember that. I never thought the Atari was too. It was very cool. Like that was always my perspective as a kid that like had the NES as the entry, like the art. Uh, the Atari, Atari was like what my mom played. You know what I mean? Like it was like, ugh. it wasn't, it wasn't, I've never really had much interest in it either. Like all the emulation and just the, that even, I don't know, the, the earliest arcade game I probably remember playing would be like Donkey Kong. But that's because it was like in a barn that my mom would ride horses at. <laughs> so she got tired of feeding me quarters and that's how I got my, my game boy. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was the spoiled, I was so entitled, just so entitled growing up, Chris, uh, very, you know, the, I, which was great. You know, I was only child, only grandchild. I pretty much had anything I wanted to the most part, you know, when it, especially when it came to video games. Yeah. Um, we were very, um, fortunate to although our thing was i you know because i have a brother but we our birthdays were right next to each other like literally the 10th and 11th of so so when we um we'd always get every so often we get a shared gift and that's what the now it might have been a christmas gift i can't quite remember but still we sometimes got shared gifts and the nintendo was one of those it was like the gift for both of us was a nintendo and then God help us that we had to share that thing, um, you know, because there was some games, you know, back then a lot of video games version of two player was, OK, now it's your turn. See if you can get a higher score than me. And, it was arcadey. Yeah, very arcadey time. You know, there wasn't a lot of like co-op or versus. It was just, you know, that was back in the days where everything was a score. Um even Super Mario, which they, I think they dropped the score. No, I guess they kept the score throughout the Nintendo era, era into Super Nintendo. I'm trying to think of when they when they stopped having a score on Mario, if they ever did. What do you What do you think? Or are you? There's Googling still a it? There's still a score in Super Mario World. There's yeah. a score in all of them. Yeah. Um, except the 3D stuff, you know. So maybe it's 3D when um, they dropped it. Okay. But like Mario, the original Mario's two player, like it, it doesn't it go back and forth. Like, don't you like yeah, but it's you, turn if I do the first play if I do the first one, don't you do the second one? Isn't no, that how it you is? don't Unless you don't you play yeah, somebody has to die. Yeah, exactly. You play until the player dies. But then do you start over at one by yourself? You start wherever you play. Right. So like for it example, keeps up with where you are. Sort no. So like if I am player one and let's say I make it to world three and die, then you as player two starts on world one. And then let's say you die on world two and then you know, and then I go so it and keeps up with four. where you are. It kind of keeps up. Yeah, it's just right. And then you'll pick up on the level where you died, correct. But it's still sort of turn based based on your the life you're on. I understand, but yeah. your individual progress is tracked, is what I've been saying. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what me and my mom did back and forth. I remember that. And then uh, Super Mario Brothers 3 was the map based, and that was a lot more interactive, right? Like, because you'd move past the person, it would go, it would be definitely alternate. I remember playing Super Mario Brothers 3 a lot yeah. more. And Mario Brothers 3 was exactly, that's when it finally 
left that turn-based. I mean, it because right, you could you could there was a competitiveness added to it of trying to get to the end first or battling the other person because that's when you could come in and go yeah, to where the person was. Mario Brothers. Yeah, and, like the old school would, Mario Brothers. Yeah. yeah, it would cut to the old school Mario Brothers, and I think you could steal like items from them. I think lives. Lives. I feel too. like it was lives or some something like that. Yeah. Um, I remember it being items though as well, or at least that was my big. I remember like because somebody had like that extra like flower, and you wanted the flower, you can go and then fight them for the flower, and then you know dip out. Um. Yeah, I remember having some good memories of competitiveness there. And Mario Brothers 2 wasn't even technically, it wasn't two-player at all. Although how we used to handle it was we just took turns. Um, You know, similar to how Mario 1 was set up well, to be. It's not really Mario Brothers 2. You know that whole story, right? I do. Do you want to tell the story? Right, it's Doki Doki Panic. Uh, and they just rebranded it Super Mario Brothers 2 in the US because the real Super Mario Brothers 2 in Japan is the uh, Lost Levels that some people may be familiar with that showed up on uh, Super Mario All-Stars for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. That's right. Um, and then it's also available as part of collections and stuff now too, I think. It, it kind of comes standard like in the Switch online stuff that's in there. Um, but it was too hard, that's what she said, for the American public, Super Mario Brothers 2, the original one, those lost levels. So since we complain and bitch about everything, even back in the 80s, uh, Nintendo decided to switch it up and rebranded, re re reskinned, however you want to call it, that uh, I can't say the first part of it, but it's Doki Doki Panic. Okie um, dokie, Artichokey. And, you know, then that's where Super Mario Brothers 3 really became a true sequel to the, the original Super Mario Brothers in the yeah. sense where they, they leveled up the core aspects of it, you know, that kind right. of stuff. Because the Lost Levels is basically, and the Lost Levels is a bitch. It's a harder version of the original, yep. It's not only a harder version, but it's like, honestly, I it's feel trying like to the, kill you. Yeah, the developers <laughs> like there's mushrooms like, that kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just a big fuck you. And because uh, the other thing that's that's crazy is the um the 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 pipes. Like you go down the wrong pipe and you're stuck in a warp zone that takes you back to the beginning of the game and things <laughs> like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty maniacal. Yeah, it's it's you know they they learned some lessons from that one. I almost wonder too if like I know you were describing it unless unless you're reading from something with that info, I wonder if if it was more of the reception in Japan, if the Japan audience reacted negatively to it and they said, Okay, no. we gotta release something new. No, but... my 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 remembrance of it is uh Howard, whatever his name was, the the Nintendo of America guy said this was too hard. Mm. Um, for for North America, yeah. Well, I'm glad he did because I like Super Mario Brothers two, the American version. I think it's it's a we spend a lot of time with that too. I remember my mom playing a lot of it and me playing a lot of it. I don't really go back to it now because it's just it's so much different the mechanics. Um, yeah, and you know while we're on Mario, of course, M Super Mario Maker two, I think we were just really texting about this uh or i sent you an article 
your buddy that you know from Twitter, I think, got Metroid some press Mike. for yeah, you got some press for uh, 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 basically with Mario Maker Two, you can kind of sort of loosely recreate the aspect of going through worlds and create a map and a unified experience within it, and it's been fun. I think I'm on. I kind of had to unplug <laughs> after a busy couple weeks, and. Uh, <laughs> I used that actually to to kind of unwind and it's good. There were a couple of stressful ones where I burned through quite a few lives. Um, but I eventually got it and it was fun and I haven't beaten it yet, but it, it, it's a nice little thing. Uh, and it's interesting to me how you can really mix it up. You know, you, it, you, you go from the original Mario to super Mario world to, mario 2 and you can even do it within the levels you get like a, a mushroom that changes you from you know the the mario brothers to, to mario brothers 2 but you're still in the mario brothers you know world yeah. so you're used to like bouncing off people's heads and then all of a sudden you land on them you're like ah my favorite um, is the uh the the flower that gives you the um the mario land version i i can't mario. stand that because i i lose it literally within like like half a screen because i'm just like oh how does this work i can't remember you <laughs> know you have so mario i just land? run into something <laughs> did you have mario land growing up i know yeah i have it now too i yeah. uh, my girlfriend got me two game boys a couple years ago for christmas and some games and there's actually some really good ones in there too um but like i, I made sure i had uh super mario land uh because that was one of the, the classic ones growing up for sure but yeah, yeah that that bouncing ball thing you know you're so you trained in these games and you know, you've been playing with the regular uh fire flower or whatever and then it comes to that and it just totally throws me off yeah i can understand that yeah so yeah uh i definitely enjoyed the the 16 and 8-bit era of nintendo um how 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 did you like so i i basically by the time i graduated high school because again we grad around 2000 right both of us so mm -hmm. um our childhood kind of spanned through the original nes up into about playstation 2 um so i had pretty much every single one of those um you know i had to run through it i had a nintendo a super nintendo a sega had the Game Boy, had a Game Gear, uh, and then I ended up with a Nintendo 64 and a PlayStation all before graduating high school. Well, look at you. After high school, I think I think I might have had a PlayStation 2 before high school as well, maybe. No, I think it was just a PlayStation. <laughs> then after high school, I know I bought an Xbox. I can picture the Target on... Uh, I think it's North Decatur Road in, in Atlanta. Hopefully the Target's still there. I think it is the last time I was down that way. Um, and then through adulthood, really just had, I, I kind of shied away from it. I was too broke there for a while, living that paycheck to paycheck life. Um, and then I eventually ended up getting a PS4 and then an Xbox One X. And of course, I have way too many switches at this point. Technically, I have three switches in the house. Wow. Which is a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I should probably sell one of them. Yeah, I um, I missed out on a lot. Um, most of my mine is early. So that's my childhood. degree of experience. Yeah. 
see, and for me, it was Atari, Commodore, so all the early stuff, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and then once I got into high school, um, it was computers, and that's when mm-hmm. I got big into, you know, I'm so we didn't have a 64. We would we would rent it from uh, mm-hmm. Blockbuster, but we never owned one. You guys um, might have rented it from me at some point without even knowing it. We may have. Um, Which Blockbuster did you go to? Do you remember? Well, you we went to-, to both. We went to the one by Sprayberry and we went to the one by Lasseter. But um, yeah. But when my dad got a Windows 95 machine, that was when yeah. I, I turned the corner and started playing Doom yeah. and Close Combat and yeah. StarCraft and Warcraft. And yeah. But one thing I do want to comment on, too, especially from our generational perspective, because it was really neat growing up with the technology. Because, again, it's like as a kid, it's all these, you know, very simple, you know, Pac-Man and then going into Super Mario Brothers, and it's just, it's just, it was, it's very interesting. I think we we have a cool experience that future generations won't necessarily have. Of, you know, the the gaming technology really grew with our own capabilities. You know, the games got more involved. I think as we, as we, you know, were were growing, and I and I and it's so cool to think about looking back. You know, as you know, we got Mario Brothers, and then. Five or six years later, then we enter, the Super Nintendo comes out, and suddenly we're starting to have little elements of 3D games, you know, with Star Fox and and more complicated games, and then right, and then and then we're nearing middle school, high school, and and suddenly 3D is really the thing, and strategy games are coming out, the the real time strategies, you know, and then and then and then that's where things switched to being all about graphics. I think once we got into 2000s for for quite a while, you know, it was just every system was. You know, I don't know. It it felt like it was more of a switch. And and let me know if you if you disagree on this or not. But yeah, I kind of disagree because like I think we've seen it from a graphical standpoint and all that kind of stuff and change and evolve. But I think it's going to continue to change and evolve in ways that we don't necessarily even. You know, like you're right. It was totally based on graphics there for a while, and I feel like that's kind of topped out. Like you can only throw so many shaders and so many god rays to to tell a shitty story the sixth time over um you know like how many times can you remake an origin story for spider-man or you know whatever it may be well i Um, will say um with the exception of nintendo i mean because that's what i love about nintendo is that you know they're they're letting all the competition be on that graphics bandwagon xbox playstation where they're they are embracing. They're not letting. They've they they they've made it a, a focus on their hardware and machine. I mean, it's it's they've they've and they still focus on it. You know, they still have those cloud versions of games. You know, they've they've realized that people want that high quality graphic aesthetic with their their games. So they've embraced it <laughs> after the fact, even though their system can't handle it. Well, by um, letting though, I mean that's not their main focus. I'm just saying that that, you know, they they are sacrificing, they're not trying to compete with graphics. They're saying, okay, we we can be modern graphics, but we're more focused on like motion controls or, you know, adaptable portability, things like that. I think portability, I don't know about focusing on motion now well the we I'm, um, I'm talking not like not today but you know like the we the we was a huge turning point it was I, yeah you know it was genius as far as i'm concerned yeah i loved that we i never i never had a we either but i remember uh every time yeah, I, I had one of those too one. i guess too i forgot about that i probably had like three we's throughout the 
throughout the years. I have one now. Yeah. I finally have a Wii and I never play it because I inherited one. It's also a GameCube. Don't forget that. I missed out on GameCube. Like, I missed out on a lot. Pretty much from, yeah, a from 2000 too. to 2015, I missed out on video gaming unless it was on computer. I also, so yeah, we did the computer path too. So I did a 486. Uh, I think the first one was a 386 and then she got the 486. She kind of continuously kind of upgraded it here and there. And then I got my own when I was in high school. I know that was like a Pentium something. And the first game I ran on it was Max Payne. But I was big into like uh, X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Not X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, but like TIE Fighter, the OG. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dark Forces, um, all that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed those. I was totally a Star Wars dork. Yeah. When Star Wars wasn't really popular, you know, that period. Um where it was the the now the ret retconned uh like Thrawn stuff and Heir of the Empire, all the Timothy Zahn books. It's you know, um, but yeah, definitely all the stuff PC that's no gaming. longer canon. <laughs> yeah, that they're like picking the best parts from and yeah. you know fucking up. <laughs> I know, right? God, we could do a Star Wars rant episode too, couldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> that's another idea but but you go ahead I, I I definitely think the future is going to be AR uh, augmented reality the, the glasses type stuff or maybe even the Westworld type stuff where it's physically you're there like hanging out with robots and it's a theme park type thing. I, oh, I wow. see that being the next level of things. Or the other way, Ready Player One, where VR really becomes something accessible to everybody to the point where uh, society <laughs> teeters and turns toward it, towards it. Um, because I don't think anything good could come of that. We're already disconnected while thinking we're hyper-connected. Yeah, I uh, the VR is exciting for me because I remember VR in the 90s being so just amazed by it, even though back then it was the simplest of 3D graphics. But I remember being just like, wow, I feel like I'm really there versus VR now. Um, I remember you remember the virtual boy. Mm-hmm. I had a friend that had one. I didn't have one. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember being too impressed by it. Oh, man, I was. That was another one we, we rented a lot from Bro- uh, Blockbuster. And you were the one. We Yeah, we were, that, we were that one, yeah. And I remember even, too, after it, it's, its sort of failure, I saw one at Target for maybe, like, I don't know, 50 bucks or something. Mm. And... Um, and and I and I remember bugging my mom about it, be like, "Oh, please, can we get this?" And she's like, "Oh, it'll be there, not right now. We'll come back another time." And then they were gone, never could find them, and uh, I was bitter for a long time. Like, ah, oh, our chance to get a cheap virtual boy. And uh, but for those that don't know, I mean, it was it was essentially it was like a Game Boy, but this goggle you put on, and it had one red color, but it was in three D. 
although it was bad for your eyes. So it had this mode where basically after 15 minutes, it would force you to take a break. It would pause the game. <laughs> and uh, I remember how long it made you wait, too, before it would turn back on. But I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you can only play it for 15 minutes and then it would force you to take a break. Not only it was 15 minutes. Oh, Google it up, but that's what I remember. Yeah, I think that's your memory. I don't even think that'll be the most accurate, but all right, I'm looking it up. Let's see. I don't think it's going to be something easy to find. Are you kidding me? Look, um, easy as I break. Let's see what happens. Uh, Yep, here it is. The Virtual Boy came with a built-in feature to tell the player to take a rest break every 15 to 30 minutes. Mm. Um, I remember that being very annoying, but but I also love that system. And that's why, too, I love the 3DS. Um, so when I finally got back in the yeah, game... Yeah, I turned that off. Oh, I can't I stand it. that stuff. It's oh, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, no. A little too gimmicky. Yeah. I don't think it really like it's cool, but it, it it never I never leave it on. I turn it right off. Yeah. Well, it's too bad you didn't hold on to one of those or buy one on the cheap, man. Stick it away in a box because they they go for quite a bit now. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows if it would survive? I mean, I held on to oh, our uh, Commodore One Twenty Eight. Huh? All mine's gone. Yeah, I kept the Commodore 128 for the longest time, but I had lost the power cord to it. And then eventually, but I still kept it. And then eventually I got rid of it after like a million moves and said, okay, you know, I can't, I don't have a power plug. You know, why am I holding on to this? And then it was like two years later that eBay became a thing. And I realized like, oh, I could get, I could get a power cord for it now. Oh, <laughs> but yeah oh well oh well this is what it is but but you know fast forward to now you know this you know video games are are still you know like i said we're we're grown men i'm 40 years old i'm still playing video games uh it's still part of my life i think it's you know it's i think you know i don't know it's it, there i've been back and forth about it because sometimes i have this mentality I think it's just more of a cultural thing of, you know, I'm wasting time or I'm being childish by playing this versus I think the reality is just, it's a new mode of entertainment that, you know, just like the television was, um, you know, I think, I don't know. I, I think, don't think I, we should call it a new form <laughs> as 40 year old men who grew up with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it still has a perspective though for a lot of people of it, you know, that it's, it's for, it's for, you know, young adults or children. Or mm, I, don't know. I don't know. I I feel like that's busted. I I would, I would hope well. so. Yeah. I, I would, I feel like it's pretty accepted as, I mean, mostly because of Nintendo and yeah. the switch and like, you <laughs> can't go through an airport without seeing one play it or, you know, like on, you know, you see them out and about usually. I do at least. Yeah. I don't really go to airports, so I I only see them in the hands of kids in this area. But 
you know, that said, most adults that I talk to about it, they, they light up, especially light up about games, you know, still like Pokemon and Legend of Zelda, Mario. Pokemon's pretty lame. Just, just so everybody knows where I stand on that. Never, never got into that one. Definitely a Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Star Fox. Those would be like the the core Nintendo ones for me. And then, like, I guess Pokemon isn't even really Nintendo. It's just they exclusively publish on the Nintendo. Isn't that correct? It's a totally different company that makes it. It is a different company. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I remember getting like I mean, Super what's your Metroid. Point? What's your point? You're like, store. you're like, oh, it's not valid because it's not a, it's not, it's not a Nintendo owned property. Let's, no, don't let's get hypersensitive, buddy. I'm just saying I don't like it. No I'm judging. Just like, I'm no talking judging. about something I get a lot of joy out of, and you're like, for the record. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I just don't like it. You know. I, I'm just telling you. You, you lit up. So I was like, by the way, there's, I, I'm with you people who don't like it, too, just, just in you case. Know. you know. Got to cater to everybody, man. Yeah. Except the grumpy grumps. I don't like I don't like catering to grumpy grumps. I'm starting to really question this whole having a contrarian on the podcast thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> talk to yourself then, I need, buddy. I need, I need to get. Where's, where's a yes man? I need a yes man. <laughs> See how far you get with that. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Not that we've gotten very far. Not that we've gotten very far. All right. Oh, but a lot of Mario games. Oh, you're looking it up. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just scrolling. Yeah, just yeah. just scrolling, just baiting, scrolling. I know lots of Mario. We could always use some more Metroid games. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Still waiting oh, for okay. this rumored Prime remake. Um, because like I said, I didn't have a GameCube, so I missed out on the Metroid Prime series. Don't you have a Wii, don't you have a? Just go get you a GameCube controller and get your Metroid Prime on the the GameCube. And get about halfway through it, and then they'll release it for Switch. Good I'll point. do the same thing with Wind Waker, okay? I just got to do a new save file and hook it up. Maybe that's what I'll do. There you go. Yeah. And then really, Jesus, what the hell is going on with this damn GoldenEye re-release? This coming soon. Somebody needs to get through to Nintendo and you know have them define for us what coming soon means. I have this feeling... Um, because I got an email from them that my my renewal period is up soon. I got that email. My too. Switch online. Yeah. So you know we both signed up right at the beginning. So I bet you they're holding that shit for October. Mm. Like the end of October as a as a oh, here's what your fifty dollars gets you this year, Goldeneye. Ha ha. Yeah, I would I would I would almost predict November. That's a good point. Like just on the mm. other side of it. I think I it's feel gonna like- be they'll I think they're going to announce it. It'll come next week. As we record, it's September 27th. And I feel like it'll come uh, next Tuesday. Well, I hope so. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, that I love about modern gaming. Um, is the all the emulator. Um, There's so many options. Yeah. Well, I just... I mean, I think it's really cool. Because um, I know... Uh, there are certain individuals that I know that are that are very. What's the term I can use that's nice about it? They're whiny little bitches. Critical? 
about critical critical would be a better way <laughs> critical no i'm choosing whiny little bitches uh, I mean, the internet's full of them man like <laughs> you can't go onto reddit without them criticizing whatever it is like everybody's an armchair nintendo executive they would oh, do this that and the other better than them because god damn it we're the smartest aren't we they should um, have but, every game ever made available for free. I don't understand why I should have to pay a monthly fee or should have to pay da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, dude, you know, what is it? Not even like, I don't know. I guess I guess the Wii, the Wii, at least for Nintendo, was the start of, you know, having these, these classic games. Yeah, available. the expectation comes from that system where you could go on and you could literally buy for $5 a pop. Uh, Super Nintendo games. Yeah. So it's now viewed as gatekeeping something that, you know, it's it's basically the entitlement generation, which yeah. I think we probably uh, were at the beginning of. And then our generation had kids and those kids saw how mommy and daddy were and were like, well, shit, I got to compete with them. I got to be more <laughs> entitled. I got to be more entitled versus now I'm the old man being like back in my day. When you got a new system, <laughs> you had to you hold on to, to the old one. The you had to, you had to keep no. the oh. last. If you wanted to play Mario yeah. Brothers, you had to hold on to your Nintendo. And gosh darn it, you, you, you got some adapters. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Our parents bitched about that. They're, they're, back in the day, people were complaining about backwards compatibility when the Super Nintendo came out. I've, I've heard news reports. Oh yeah, I, I do know. remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people remember, complain that they couldn't they couldn't play the Super the Nintendo games on the Super Nintendo, but it's like, well, you still have the old one. I don't know. Yeah, don't you have the old one? Remember the um the the Super Nintendo styled uh NES that was like a little smaller and smoother. You top loader? Yeah, the top loader version. Yeah. 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 I remember that when that came out. Um, yeah, they always iterated them, you know, smaller chips made them, uh, cheaper as it aged. I know I still get this, um, kick out of cartridges nowadays, like, cause remembering this has always been a thing of mine growing up. So I remember the first floppy disk and holding it and just being amazed, like, wow. You know, this video game is physically in this little this little thing. And then as I just shrank, I remember in it, you know, and having I just used to get excited just holding the Nintendo cartridge. And then Super yeah, Nintendo sure. when it got smaller and then and then discs. You ever taken one of the cartridges apart and looked at the board? You should do that if you haven't. On a Super Nintendo or like a Nintendo one or any of them. Oh, yeah. Anyone, yeah. Uh I've seen the inside of one. I can't remember the scenario. Oh, you got to do it yourself, man. Oh, dude, I don't want to risk anything with with ah, my games. Dude, you're not gonna risk the, anything. The ones I have, man. Oh, oh man, man. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, huh. oh, when Game Boy came out, I remember those cartridges being amazed by the size of those. And so, yeah. And so with the Switch, having you know this just this little memory card. I still have that kind of sensation of being like, wow, you know? If you really want to be amazed, you should think about the amount of games on the, the micro SD card. <laughs> you you have one of those in your Switch, right? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I, have a I mean, most of my games are downloaded. One. but 
Yeah, yeah. So like, forget about the cartridge. Think about that little chip that's mm-hmm. <laughs> half the size of your thumbnail. I know you got big hands. You got yeah. a big thumb, which means you got big nails. Um, ladies. Yeah, exactly. Gloves. Yeah. So it's... yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I still geek out about that, you know. And then of course, you know, I can geek out about Switch because as a new parent. The Switch really enabled me to remain a modern gamer because there was no such thing of sitting in one place and getting to just devote time. Wasn't to that your first system since the original Xbox, too? Um, I mean, since you detoured onto the computer land, too, after that, I yeah. feel like during the all those rainbow gathering things, like he didn't really that whole you know the last couple episodes you weren't exactly hunkered down with the video game system well i mean because i didn't have the means like right i mean like i didn't have a consistency of a living place or income to invest in anything so i had a computer that i bought somewhere around like 2005 2006 so as i carried that around with me i had some stuff on there but i mean it got outdated before long and i couldn't play anything but like when starcraft 2 came out for example it barely ran on that computer And then about a year or two later when they put out an update for the new expansion coming out, it upped the computer requirements and suddenly I couldn't play it anymore. I literally downloaded this update and then like the game just like broke. Pretty common back then, yeah. And uh, so, so yeah, so it took a while before, really, yeah, until I got sober around 2015 and finally got a job and and some income i bought the 3ds the 3ds is my entry back and then right and then the switch and and i'm pretty much been just switch i was yeah. switch only for a while until last year when i got this laptop and now right. I'm, I'm back on you know starcraft and such but yeah do you play that often i just started getting back into starcraft the yeah. remastered version actually uh enjoying it i actually made a, a backlog list just for my switch recently yeah um just because it's like you know i'm not pinching pennies but i'm definitely paying more attention so it's like i'm probably going to switch off my uh xbox i have the game pass thingy it's like 15 bucks a month and you get access to everything yeah for a lot of things but you know like i went through and actually looked you know i've got like all three bioshocks on the switch um you get like red dead redemption 2 on xbox i've got squadrons on x you know like all these really deep games it's like why am i flushing this money to like have the privilege of not playing all these games and i don't play online anyway so um you know they still have the master chief collection so when i want to play halo 2 uh which i still enjoy from time to time you can do that so it's it's interesting how the subscription model has come into and bled into and you know, I think this opens up the topic of how games are, aren't even, you know, you want to talk about games on a cartridge and being astounded by that, how how we've gone 180 degrees to where, A, you have a game on a disc, you put it into your system, and I know you're not as familiar with this, but both the, the current gen and all the all the systems now copy the contents of the disc onto the hard drive. So it's not even reading games off the disc. Mm. And that's not to say the state of the games that are released these days. I mean, your your hyper extreme case 
of poor marketing and setting horrible expectations would be the game No Man's Sky, which I think has been out now for five years or something like that and has finally gotten to the point where it's exceeded the promises it made in its marketing phase. They got so much shit. And then you've got, you know, the loot boxes, which I don't even really understand because um, I've never gotten into the the first person shooter online stuff or even any kind of massively multiplayer online game. Uh, just never. And I, I, I think I've said this before. I've never been attracted to the thought of, you know, getting put in my place by a 12 year old who has nothing better to do than get really good at killing people in a game uh so you know i kind of skipped out on all that kind of stuff um but you know the fact that they ship games now and there's day one updates and you know there's bugs it's it's ridiculous it's et on steroids right the the um atari game et that was rushed out made by one guy i had et as a kid yeah. And and thank you for bringing that up because this is a, a history story I forgot to mention because, right, I had E.T. And I remember... did you like a, it? I <laughs> did. Something? Here's my yeah. E.T. experience. I, I liked it because it was E.T. You got to be E.T., which is really cool. And, <laughs> you know, and I would play it and I get stuck in that pit. And I never could get out of the friggin' pit. And... I never had that experience of like, oh, this game sucks. It was like, what is wrong with me? I can't figure out how to get out of this pit. Isn't and I that played telling? It that that, that it says a lot about you, Chris. And played it. <laughs> and I think I got out of the pit eventually. But, you know, but still, my experience of it wasn't By so accident. much <laughs> thinking that it was a bad game. It just it just seemed hard to me. And then, right, fast forward 30 years and suddenly I, I'm seeing and hearing like documentaries and things about how E.T. was like the worst game ever. And and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Looking back, it was a shitty game. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty bad. And I yeah. felt a little redeemed. I'm like, okay, cool. I wasn't alone in like getting stuck in that stupid pit. Because I watched one of those documentaries and they were talking about it and they that was the thing. It was like you get it was stuck probably in this the ABGN, right? Yeah, and I was just like, and I was like, yeah, that's that was exactly my experience. That fucking pit. <laughs> yeah, I never so, played that one. Yeah, we we had it, um, and yeah, so there's a piece of history that I I did own and play. Uh, yeah, ET man, what a what a what a pile that was, and I agree with you too about the. The the whole internet age really opened the door because it was exciting in the nineties and the PC days for me because of shareware. Shareware was amazing because then you had this opportunity to play games and try games for free. And well, and they had demo discs or, or stuff like in the vid- the gaming magazines too. Like PC Gamer was famous for having that demo CD. Right. The demo you- CD and um and, and some of those monkey. You remember? You remember Coconut Monkey? Do you remember that? I never did Were play that. Like, no, no. It was this thing they had for their demo discs. They like they really gussied up their 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 demo discs, where it had a GUI, you know, graphical user interface that was themed, and like they had this like coconut that was kind of shaped like a monkey, and it was 
every month you know it was like coconut monkey and like the pc it was it was it was something like he had to be there type thing um but they had those demo discs for sure and i remember having a stack of those i wish i still had some of them um i wish i still had a bunch of this shit but i lost it when we moved out of a place we did the typical shitty rental person thing and like left a really bad place and like left stuff and all that kind of thing and I left my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys growing up, all this growing up stuff that I wish I could go back and just like strangle myself. And it sucks too because it like my mom put it on me like maybe six months before we moved out of there. So like six months before that, it was just still chilling at my mom's house and she was like, I'm done with this. Come and get it. So I came and got it and then didn't move it. Sad face, puck. Aww. So now, you know, my one of my goals when I get rich and rule the world is to have a room, you know, probably the basement with a couple CRT TVs and like old school setup, you know, authentic. I don't want to go for like a complete collection of anything. I just want to get the stuff I had. Um, Yeah, I would love like an arcade room. That'd be cool. You know, the one thing that I really want besides Wind Waker is a fucking Nintendo 64 controller for the Switch. Like, God, you know, I hear how they many make times, those. How many times do I refresh this page a day? That's the real question. One you day. still can't get them. One day. No. Never. One day. They're I asshole. think I had the same experience with the Super Nintendo controller. I, I missed out on the initial sales of it, but eventually, eventually came up. But I just, I'll, but like I said, I just was kind of patient about it. I just, it's been a year. Hopefully one day. And they you know? still, it's been a year. Like they can't do pre-orders. It's just I I'm definitely on the boat of Nintendo kind of sucks sometimes. Um, you know, I can relate to what we were talking about, you know, just release them all, you know. I, I, but then at the same time, like I have I think I hacked the Super Nintendo classic. I have one of them, mm-hmm. and it has literally every North American NES game on it. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's that easy to go out there and accomplish what you want, right? You and you know, own like, all those you, games, correct? Right? Yeah, man. You yeah, totally. Like, but you. I mean, yeah, yeah. It came like that. I don't know what happened. I I just fell into it. Nintendo man, he gonna come after you. Mm. I don't know if you heard about that. Um, nuzlocke thing that was going on in the community talked to prompted a lot of interesting discussions about uh nintendo's and the pokemon company's sort of policies on things um when it comes to modding games or emulating games yeah um, basically no, i didn't see any of that yeah it was kind of interesting but but the point is is that it exposed I mean, I mean, it's not, I mean, not that it's like news to you or news to most people. It's just like, you know, that, Hey, they don't, they don't like people emulating their stuff because you probably didn't pay for it. (laughs) And, and and for streamers, they don't, any sort of streamer that's partnered with Nintendo, they're big on that too of, you know, don't, don't play anything that's emulated. And, uh, and the reason why it was Pokemon related is somebody was, well, it was the Kit and Krista. They made a comment on one of the podcasts about they tried to 
um set up a nuzzle oh we talked about this yeah yeah and they, they want to do a nuzlocke episode which means nuzlocke and pokemon basically means and i'm not i'm not going to be that accurate about it but i think it's it's where you you have like one pokemon or you have like your six pokemon picked and that's it you you try to beat the game only with those with that single or those six pokemon and if they lose a battle then you pretend that they died and you don't use them anymore and the misunderstanding that either took place between them and the the Pokemon company or Nintendo was, you know, they said, oh, you, you can't do that. And, and, and sort of an analysis outside of their conversation was the, the reason that they, they wouldn't let them do it was because of the fears of it promoting emulation. Because there's other alternative versions like randomizers things like that that people do to change up those games that you can only accomplish through emulation. Whereas technically uh, a, nuz, a Nuzlocke is not, is not a modification. It's just you choosing to play the yeah, game a certain way. I was way. about to say, like, looking at it, it's just a set of user rules. Exactly, right? I mean, it's like trying to play Mario Brothers with just a single life, you know, or yeah. without power-ups or whatever, you know. So it seems like they were being ultra-protective about their... Yeah, their IP. No, oh, they certainly that, were. Yeah, but also too, they were. You know, they weren't just some random Twitch person. They were. You know, they were official. It was an official Nintendo show, so I think that also added to the like why they were being very sort of corporate, corporate careful about it. But anyway, but but it it. Does. I just don't think Nintendo has it figured out personally. I mean, like, I think a lot of the criticism is legit. I just think they take a really old school approach to things. And, you know, I've, <laughs> I was so set and, and ready for like, cause there were so many leaks before this last direct in September <laughs> that the, the wind waker, it was promised, you know, like it is coming. Don't even worry about it. And then nothing like that was the most, dis- that was the most disappointing <laughs> direct I've had in a while. Yeah. So now I don't even want to, invest and think about it i don't know I, and technically i have it it's just there's something about checking the box of being able to play it on the switch right it's just that gotta have it <laughs> yeah i mean it's nice and i do appreciate having the games that we have i will say that there's a lot of titles on nintendo online that i initially go why the hell is this on here i've never even heard of this game but that said it turns out a lot of those games are these sort of classics or underground classics within i guess either the developer community or the video game community i just wasn't aware of because all those games that i have tried are fun and are good games but there's been a lot i haven't really tried because it's like i haven't i've never heard of this title or that title and of course they're dragging out some of the classic ones right so that you know people get that subscription service. I mean, they put everything out at once. You you play it for a month and then you're done. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, Maybe, it's yeah. just business, man. And then I think too, there's also a level of quality control. I think, you know, they have high standards and it's, it's more than just an emulator. I mean, it's, it's, it's an online capable emulation as well. So it's, it's gotta be able to handle it, it, the emulation has to be able to handle multiplayer on a sense even if you're just taking turns still the idea of there being internet connection now between two individuals with the game running 
So I think that adds even the watch mode, right? Like you can watch people play and right. then switch out the controls, that whole thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's true with the Nintendo 64 games. Can you do that too? Or is no, it No, just... we never got around to trying that out. We yeah. yeah. I would love to. We need to do this is just go back and play it because it's been it's been a couple of years since you and I have tried to play any Nintendo online emulation game. And I like Double Dragon, we had fun, but I remember playing Mario Brothers and it being just the delay on it was just annoying um, and hard to play. You know, it's like the the jump was just like a half second after you press it. And uh, so I'm curious if that's improved. And yeah, and with the, but I know, I mean, I know you can play the Nintendo. This you can do it with all of them. You can switch it out with 64 and yeah. uh, the Genesis ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Swap who acts as player one. Yeah. See? Yeah. So that'd be fun to do like a run through of Ocarina of Time. But that's said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I disagree. That's a very personal thing for me. I don't want you up all of my Ocarina experience. Of course you disagree. I mean, <laughs> I'm not doing it on purpose. We can't, you know, like we can't have it. Jeez, man. You're like a British drive by. British drive-by? British drive-by. Yeah. You ever seen that Family Guy skit? Uh, Probably, man, but do yeah. I remember it? No. Yeah, it's like it's like British guy's in his car, and uh, it's like, oh, there's Roger. Oh, let's jolly. Let's get him. And then they, they pull up on their car, and they go, oh, hey, Roger, I disagree. And then he just peels off in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Drive-by mm. argument. But, um, I don't want you to feel like I'm so combative, Chris. Jeez, now I feel bad. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> nope, it's not that easy. You can't back out of it that that quickly. Oh, oh. <clears throat> Well, my job is done here. I've gotten Sir Puck to feel something. So successful Man, podcast. Really? <laughs> God damn. Oh, that was heavy. That was dark. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I know. You should be. Yeah. You are sorry. Right. Well, uh, sorry. so where where do we leave this at? Like, what what are we playing these days? Mostly Switch is what you said in PC. That's where you're at. Yeah. I, I don't play enough. I have this thing now where um, I'm kind of afraid of video games, to be quite honest with you, because I know I could sit there and just play and play and play and play. Uh, and I try and be an example for those around me, which is the teenager. So for the last couple of years, I've really... I mean, there's stuff I play, and the Switch has certainly helped that. Um, but I don't feel like I haven't spent a whole bunch of time in any one game other than Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I mean, I've not gotten these hooked too. into some big, but like I said, I've got all the Bioshocks ready to play. Uh, I've got the whole Grand Theft Auto thing. Uh, I mean, like, there's like thousands of hours of gameplay just waiting there. And I think that's can kind of overwhelm me these days. It used to be you just flip through the cartridges and throw one in and you're ready to go. 
And now it's you have this huge library, depending on how you have it set up, of games. Of course, you can't have a huge, you'd have to have massive amounts of storage for some of the newer gen stuff to, to have that experience. But I'm sure, there are people that, out there with the huge hard drives full of video games. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I think it's changed throughout the years from, from it's become more complicated. There's more hooks in it, there's more marketing. I think well, we've overcomplicated it as it's evolved to, to try and be more and add more features where it's to me taken away from the core experience of, you know, back in the day you, you had to get a magazine or you had to talk to somebody to get the fatalities for Mortal Kombat, right? There was no go online and look them up. Uh, there was no get humiliated by some kid halfway across the country. You know, it was, you're sitting there on the couch had to deal with the kid that was spamming <laughs> the buttons in, in Street Fighter or whatever right there. You know, they they got a punch in the arm because they were being dicks. Where now there's there's less accountability. I know there's you can flag people and all that kind of stuff, but it, to me it's taken the 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 arcadiness, the standing next to each other, that aspect of it. Modern day has kind of ruined it to me. Well, that was a lot there, right? So let me backtrack. You, you, a little while, and you, you, you brought up an interesting point um, that I did want to talk about too. Is like for, and this is more uh, me side of things. I don't know necessarily it's the industry. I mean, of course, marketing has kind of changed. It's a new thing, and how games are sort of encouraging us to like the next thing. And oh, look at this, and oh, look at that. But with social media. That's what really gets me is because, you know, I'm active on Twitter with a video game profile with people that I follow. I mean, that's how I write up. I'm, I'm aware of pseudo no Metroid Mike, who now is getting all this press for his Super Mario World 5. Um, but, you know, and so there's all this conversation about, you know, everybody's sort of keeping up with the games. Like, you know, so they'll get the latest game and talk about it. And there's all this hype about it. And then the next game is just around the corner. And, you know, these group of, of Internet friends basically are like, oh, and th- now this. And it just and just being a part of that really sort of put me in this zone of feeling like I had to keep up with them. And so it encouraged me to keep buying these games. But the reality I had to come to accept uh, in the last year is that I, 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 not only can I not keep up, but I don't have to. And, and, and again, thinking back what you're referring to when, you know, back in the day, your exposure was not like it is now because it was just natural face to face. So unless you did have friends that were like hardcore into it and were buying every game, but again, we're kids. So you, we, chances are, unless you had a rich friend, you know, they weren't, Right, but we only we only knew what came out in the monthly magazine or what, you know, our real world friends told us versus having access to like a world full of people with the shared interests to have active discussions on a 24/7 basis. So it everything's just sort of multiplied in the, in those regards and and I certainly got wrapped up in it and I and I have to it's something I'm have to be aware of because again, I just don't have time for it, but and so, yeah, I have this this guilt. It's almost created like a guilt about having a backlog, 
and 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 I'm having to I've just had to work on letting that go and just be like, you know, I can I play the game I want when I want and I don't have to move at any sort of certain pace. But you know, I say that and it's like every other day I'm like, oh God, I should be playing this game. I can't believe I'm you know haven't gotten here or there. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a it's a daily practice and in, in uh you know, but also it, it and also it just helps to be really busy. I mean, we're both very busy with with our endeavors, which is a good thing. Um, but gosh darn it, games are fun. So I try to make a little little time for them because you got to have some downtime, you know? Yeah, for sure. All things are good in moderation, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, but... um. But um, but um, but um, uh, what what game are you most focused on right now? Maybe we'll we'll end on what's what's our current what's our current what's our current game, man. I mean, I'm always playing a version of NHL, like on Xbox. I always have a season going, um, and I'm in about to win the cup in the most recent one. Uh, so I've been playing that occasionally. It's probably been a couple of weeks since I have. Uh, as far as the Switch, like I said, I was playing Mario Maker 2, that that version of that you were talking about, those set of levels, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Before that, I've been playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, both the Kawabunga Collection and Shredder's Revenge. And then Metro Reduc- Redo Redux twenty thirty three was on sale for like two forty nine, and then I cashed in some my my coins or whatever, so I ended up paying I don't know forty seven cents for it. I haven't played it yet, but it's supposed to be a pretty good atmospheric shooter that plays well on the OLED switch. Uh, I've also I'll boot up Mario Golf. I'm always a Mario Golf fan, um, although that's on a cartridge, so it takes a little bit more finagling to get it in and going. Um, I tend to leave a cartridge in all the time, which is uh, Breath of the Wild. I kind of default to that all the time. That's a, also another good just boot it up and do whatever. It's a very good coming in off the porch. Chill, relax. Uh, I find still you can pull up the map in that, the hero's journey map. And what I've been doing is just going to places I haven't been. And I know my time reset on it when I got one of my, because like I've had two OG switch. I think when I got the second version of the OG switch, one with the updated battery life and all that, um, my timers reset for some reason, which really kind of... Mm. Took the sale out of my wins because I had over 200 hours. I don't know. I had a bunch of hours in Breath of the Wild and it's reset. So I'm sure I've got over 500 hours in that game. And there's still spots when you pull up that map where you haven't been and you go and it's fun. Yeah. So I can't wait until the second one comes out. Yeah. Breath the trailer they shared. Um, well, I guess it's not the second one. It's now Tears of the Kingdom. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It's not Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, but we all know it's Breath of the Wild too. Well, it's the same engine and all that yeah. stuff, but yeah, it seems more. If I was gonna say it's a direct sequel, it looks like more of a direct sequel to uh, 
uh, Howard Sword. Yeah, that one. Um, which I also that's on my shit. I don't think I put that on that list. Damn, 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 damn. Doc Brown, damn. Well, that's it. Damn. Yeah. Well, you got damn, damn, damn. Okay, good collection. Because yeah, I too am playing the Cowabunga collection. Cowabunga collection has become sort of my my downtime. Like when I just have like a few minutes to play something, I'll boot up, you know, and and just you know just have fun beating up foot soldiers. Uh, I am playing um, Xenoblade Chronicles 1, slowly working through that. Um, I tried to play 2 recently, and I just got hung up. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i enjoying it, and I've also been playing... Um, and then I play uh, Let's Go Pikachu with my daughter. That's That's something fun that we like to do, because it's got the motion controller, so you just do the throw the Pokeball motion, so... Me and her have been kind of bonding over that. That's kind of part of our bedtime routine is we go tuck in Eric and then we'll come down and play that for like 20 minutes and then I go tuck her in. Um, and then, of course, I'm I'm playing uh, Pokemon Legends of Arceus and, um, and then I'm playing StarCraft again and enjoying that, getting back into that. Um, but uh, in Shredder's Revenge and... And uh, it's funny, too, with what just happened with the Mario Maker 2. I haven't had a chance to play uh, Metroid Mike's uh, Mario World, but I did happen, coincidentally, just to boot up Mario Maker 2 a couple weeks ago and and just kind of jumped into it and and really enjoyed kind of, you know, getting back. It's such a fun experience playing. Just There's so much just cool creativity people have on, these, on making these levels. So, yeah, some of it can get a little much. I, I like... There was another person that did the same thing that that Metroid Mike did maybe a couple of years ago that I remember downloading and going through, and I like that kind of experience a little bit more. And I mean, if I was going to offer a critique, his is a little disjointed. Um, I don't know. I I would like I to me I would prefer like you know the first level Super Mario Brothers, the next one Super Mario World. You know, it kind of goes back and forth between the different types of stages a little much, um, where. That's not saying I don't enjoy it. It's just like the one small critique I would say. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but um, I feel like I'm missing something. But I guess not as whatever. It's just yeah, just kind of casually what I've been playing. Oh, I, oh, Fire Emblem. I picked back up Fire Emblem Three Houses and enjoying it this second time more than I did the first time I tried to play it. So. That's that's been fun picking back up. So yeah, but uh, any last video game thoughts before I close this out? No, I I just think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes, how it changes, um, how it get how it gets appleified. I think that's kind of been if you look through technology um over the last 10 years it's kind of been one of the big change forces and they've made moves and i have a feeling when their virtual reality slash augmented reality product finally really hits because you can do augmented reality on iphones and ipads which most people don't realize it's really kind of already here but once you put it over your eyes i think that'll be the next real phase that kind of uh oasis Ready Player One type thing. That's to me. Everything else is iterative. We're not really 
it's what I've been saying about cell phones for years. Video games are the same thing. It's the same core concept. You're using a controller to move something on a screen. You know, we've moved from 2D to 3D. That was huge. That really opened up things. So to me, the next thing would be 4D, which is virtual. Yeah, I think augmented reality definitely. Um, and it's funny, too, because I know there's been some experiments with the glasses. I don't know if it was a price point that they didn't, it didn't really, because remember Google had the, the Google glasses. Yeah, Google like, glass. Yeah. Um, but like I play Pokemon go and, and that's got an augmented reality mode, which is fun. And I guess I discount that. That's the huge thing out right now. That is, you know, augmented reality. I forget about that stuff. Yeah. They got a couple things, it. but, but that said, like most people that play go don't play with the augmented mode on. Um, and part of it is because it kind of adds just like a little extra challenge. And so in the, with the mentality of like, look, I'm just trying to catch as many Pokemon as possible. The augmented reality kind of slows you down because it, it basically makes it where you have to kind of find them. You know, it, you, you look for like a patch of grass and then you touch the grass and then they jump out, but it's still really cool. Cause I like that sensation of like making it seem real. Like the Pokemon is right there. So seeing it on the, like you said, you know, it's like a 4D experience. So there's there's definitely a lot of cool potential there uh, to come. And also, too, to give Apple credit, um, well, I don't know if they deserve credit, but I do think of mobile gaming, from my perspective, really brought about the free-to-play generation. And, yeah. and that's a huge trend now in gaming. Um and is and even affected there there are aspects of free to play that are now in paid games in the sense of like you know oh pay for this skin pay extra for that um but and and i always attribute like the microtransactions more to like ea Mm. yeah i'm not certain about what came first there EA microtransactions or the free to plays. Yeah, but I don't I mean, I'm not I don't really do too many EA like sports games. I really don't do sports games. So I wouldn't know. No, they weren't sports, they did shooters. There it was a lot of the shooter stuff. Like they they own either Call of Duty or Modern Warfare, one or the other. And I know that was one of the first ones to get criticized for basically like that was the loot box stuff I was talking about before right like so yeah i do i do think that's gamble basically yeah that's post free to play i think yeah is that that definitely introduced the whole concept of the loot box um you know paying for a bundle that gives you blah 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 blah. but yeah it's a smart bundle i mean when i hear like the numbers of what some of these games make it's uh yeah, the season passes or whatever it is now. Like I remember the, the I, I saw the way that works, and it just you know these kids now have thousands of dollars invested into their Fortnite account. These kids now, yeah, but it's it now. There's, I mean, I think about and some of the some money I've spent on games. Um, I don't know if I, because my thing is like I've ha- played a few free to play games, and so I'll put money into it. But I have this kind of thing of like, well, I've played this game so much, like I should pay for it. But right, I haven't done the whole 
I don't think I've they get you in the guilt. They get you in the guilt. No, you should be paying for this game. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's just me. Where, I mean, it's just like, for example, well, um, you know, like I just bought it. I mean, well, it goes to supporting artists. I mean, I have the same thing about supporting. Like, for example. Oh, they getting supported. Trust me. <laughs> you talking about musicians? Oh, don't get me riled up there. Um, I'm talking about the, the free-to-play video games. Oh, yeah. No, that I'm not worried about. You, yeah, you, you are the... Uh, yeah, don't hop over to, to musicians or something. I'm strictly speaking of the, the free-to-play uh, gambit, as I got it you. were. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're talking about like selling data and stuff like that, yeah, maybe. Um, and if it's free, you are the product. <laughs> yeah, so it's... um, But yeah, I, yeah, some people just drop all sorts of money for for right for skins and such and then you just got to wonder when when that game goes away what do you have left to show because at least like with certain games you buy them physically you know like our old nintendo games you know you buy that game you play it for forever you hold on to it like you have it you physically have it you know may not be able to cook it up to a modern tv but still there's ways to hook it up and play it and be like see see look at that high score i saved Whereas the cloud-based stuff, I mean, once that company goes out of business, it's it's gone. Or just when it's they just stop supporting it. The, when they stop supporting it, yeah. The Wii store is dead now. I'm pretty sure some of the 3DS store is dead now. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's still up and running, but I mean, you can't add credits at this point. So it's it's really just your chance to download anything you've already paid for before we lose access to download that stuff so i went ahead and got on and made sure to download everything i ever bought so at least i have it on my 3ds um but yeah yeah I mean, so that's gonna happen with the Fortnite because like my specific example is Fortnite, and you you pay basically for these season passes which allows you the privilege of accomplishing certain things to then pay the in-game credit to unlock and purchase them. So it's like, <laughs> not only are you paying for the privilege, then you have to put more time in to actually accomplish and then use your credits again to buy the skins and stuff. It's crazy, dude. Like I had them, this was years ago, I had them tallied up and it was like four or $500 as like a 15-year-old in one game. Yeah, well... I'm I'm gonna applaud him. Good job, you guys. Came up with a with a winning business strategy. So at what cost? Good for them. Good for them. At what cost though? At what cost? <laughs> uh. Well, thank you all for listening to Degree of Experience. We appreciate you all being here, and if you appreciated, uh our time, our conversation, and you feel like you got some value out of it, we kindly ask as part of the value for value model that you return that value. Put a number on it, send it our way at value.degreeofexperience.com. And if you have any feedback, you can reach out to me, uh, chris at bargeron.life. You can look in the show notes and there's links to that email, links to our website. Um, all those cool things are in the show notes. Um, and 
We will be back in two weeks for a bi-weekly podcast. So I know you're all hungry and anxious for the next episode, but we'll be by in a couple weeks. And uh, yeah, I think it's been it's been a fairly decent episode. How are you feeling, Sir Puck? Have I forgotten anything? Uh, no, I think we're good. You 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 diligently covered most things you wanted to cover. Nice that I remember. Yeah, I know. And they didn't take any notes, so... Yes! Nice. Yeah, I definitely didn't take any notes. I have a hard time with it, because I'm just watching this, like... I'm watching Your knobs. Mixer. I'm watching my knobs. I'm watching the, the audio. All right. Well, thank you all again for listening to Degree of Experience. I'm Chris Bargeron, and uh, I'm going to go play some video games. And I am and always will be Sir Puck. And yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that too. I'm a little hungry. Something about, you said something about food there at the end. I got my tummy bubbling. Hungry for the next episode. That's what it was. I said, yeah, I'm hungry too. can your, your lip smacking i i'm eating because i haven't i haven't had maybe lunch. maybe you shouldn't do that right before the podcast i mean i have to like i mean so <laughs> i was gonna like leave and then get some lunch and play a little bit of a switch killing a little time i was gonna swing by gamestop and pick up an Eternatus code, hopefully, because I Was fucked mine blah, up blah, last blah, night. Blah 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 yeah. And then and then I just I got I mean I had a good time talking to this woman and um and uh and bought some soap and yeah you know all good things so.